Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? We're back again with another episode of TPNB on the Believe Network. I got my guy, Mel C, in the building today. And we got a special guest, MVP, Max Van Ocken, the MVP podcast. Um, what's going on, Max? Uh, appreciate you guys having me. Nothing much. Just another day, another dollar, another opportunity. So I appreciate you guys having me on your show. You guys are killing it. Hey, we got one of the Florida superstars on the show. So I feel privileged <laughs> to be in his presence. Got a former Magic and a, the new Magic on the phone. So tell us a little bit about the new the new gig you got going on, Max. I heard you done came up a little bit. What, tell us what's going on new in your life. Right. So I've covered the Orlando Magic for the two two years and then the pandemic happened. So when the pandemic happened, Obviously, things changed. The credentialing changed. They only had like a select few that can actually go and cover the games. They didn't really, I think everyone was just playing it like by ear and seeing how things worked out. So then going into this season, um, not that the pandemic is over with by any means, but I think we kind of have a better understanding of it. So credentials are back on and I was able to get back in there. Um, and so now I'm back interviewing the players. And so the Julius Irving interview, Coach Tibbs, and then the Knicks just reposted my interview on their Twitter account with Julius Irving because I just talked about transforming his game. So it just got some momentum and then my podcast and radio. And uh, I just like asking Unique, Shelvin, you probably know this, just there's so many bat- non-basketball people in the locker rooms. And so when you ask, and I'm not trying to throw shade, but when you ask basketball questions, I feel like the players appreciate that more. So it just gained a lot of momentum. That's good, good. Now, did you, Shell, did you know about the Julius connection? Did he talk to Julius recently? I did not know about that. Um, you, you know, you're going to give give yourself a shout out what you got coming up with the Salvation Army and people in town and Atlanta, Marietta area. We got something going, something special going on. Talk to them, Mel. Yeah, November 6th, me and uh, Julie's actually doing an event down at 202 Waterman Street. We're having uh, the Red Kettle kickoff for the Salvation Army. Uh, Dr. J is actually a big proponent and a spokesperson on a national level for the Salvation Army. And I work with him here locally. You know, my, my buddy Julie said he's going to come out and support me and be the speaker. So it's funny. You talked to him last week. I'm going to tell him I talked to him. Julie's good people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really good, good people. So, man, what you what you excited about this year with the, you know, the NBA season? Oh, there's so many things. I told you, you thought I was crazy. I'm not saying this because to, for a bold take, I truly mean this. Shelvin, the Hawks are my sleeper. That's what I'm excited for because – it seems like I'm crazy, but the, think about it. The Brooklyn Nets, you have the Kyrie Irving situation. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, granted, they look great, but without P.J. Tucker, I feel like that will hurt late. The Miami Heat I like, but they're a little bit older, and everyone's sleeping on the Hawks again. Cam Reddish is taking the strides I was waiting for him to take. Trey Young is balling, who he doesn't ever get the respect he deserves. Um, they're young, and they're doing what young Golden State did. So I'm excited to see mm. what it does. Um, and I'm really excited to see how, of course, he got Braun and the Lakers and whatnot. But my Hawks are my sleeper this year. Now, hold on, Mag. Let me get this straight. Is he talking about a sleeper to make a playoff run? Or is he talking about a sleeper, like, come June, to host up a trophy? Mag, what do you think this man is saying? I- I'm confused. Which one is he saying? I think he's trying to say it's gonna, Atlanta's about to be title town with the Braves winning and then the Hawks winning uh, coming up. So say this one more time live on TPNB show. Your prediction is what for the NBA championship? I believe the Lakers could ultimately win it, but I believe the Atlanta Hawks have a great opportunity to go to the NBA finals. I really do. I believe that uh, health is wealth. Availability is the best ability, and it's about momentum. And I think they have all of those working in their favor. 
And with, I think winning is contagious. We saw this with the Dodgers and the Lakers, obviously the Braves in the world series. I believe the, even though the Atlanta Hawks went to the Eastern conference finals last year, they're underdogs, they're sleepers yet again. And I believe they could take that next step. Yeah. When it, when it is contagious, then um, Tampa Bay won it and did uh, the baseball team or hockey team win. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, we also got to give a shout out to the, the only member of this call who was on that Eastern Conference final team. Well, Shell, wasn't you on that team? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We I mean, know we ran into LeBron. Everybody <laughs> ran into LeBron. That's, that's what happened when we tell played. Me, tell me about the feeling of being in a team that's that special because you got to be, if not the best, one of the best teams that the Hawks ever had. What was the feeling in the locker room? What was the coach teaching y'all? What were y'all going through kind of that season? Um, no, we just had a lot of fun that year. I think we won like 60-some games. Coach Bud, um, you know, the coach Milwaukee was the coach, you know, the whole staff. We just had so much fun off the court. It translated on the court. And, you know, the chemistry is a big thing. Uh, coach Bud did a great job always putting us in a position to be successful. But the most fun I, I remember is just off the court. Like, for one day for practice, we would go to the um, Turner Field. That's when I was there before the one out here playing baseball. Um, we'll play soccer on road trip. You'll go somewhere and play flag football at the NFL stadium. This always spice it up. We had, we had a lot of fun. I think that helped us out a lot. Uh, I want to say this. I've noticed from a lot of coaches, and I guess, you know, I, I help out with basketball on the AAU level, but I know a lot of coaches are so caught up with every day, hour practice, two-hour practice. I don't think some of them understand that the chemistry and the confidence of this playing together as a unit not necessarily going through reps every day are important. Max, what do you what do you think? Have you seen that with some coaches on all different levels that they don't do that? What he was saying that they did in, in the Hawks, you know, just the off the court practices. I think it's really important to do that. Uh, for obviously, like Shelvin, you know it firsthand, but just seeing it, I think when you look at the best um, stories in sports, a lot of that is incorporated. It's just. When you watch The Last Dance, when the pandemic happened, I think all of us were watching The Last Dance. And there's some of the stuff and activities that he did. A lot of it's not even uh, necessarily the X's and O's. It's just about chemistry. It's about switching it up. It's about how bringing people together, having one message, communicating. And I think a lot of those activities allow you to do that. Um, I don't know if they always tell us everything that happens behind the scenes, but I know LeBron, like the Lakers, for example, they played like football one time. I think it's very important because it's a grueling season. It's 82 games. And I know it's all of sports, but specifically NBA and just all those back-to-backs and travel. I think it's really beneficial to switch it up. Yeah. No, yeah. I, go ahead, man. Hey, man. Um, I just, I just, you know, I, I deal with a lot of young kids and deal with a lot of high school and college coaches. And I see just the grind of every day, two or three hour practices. And what I've seen <coughs> happen is instead of, substituting the practice and going to play football or going to top golf, they add that on as an addition. As addition. <laughs> yeah, they, they got add, add extra three hours to the practice. Yeah, I'm like, I don't get it. And I, I'm not coached on that level, but I, I've seen how you build teams and how you build. I noticed what Phil Jackson did. And it wasn't about the three-hour practices. And I bet you, if you did a study of the top coaches to perform at any level, they would tell you that a lot of times they would substitute practice some of those events and shell you seen it too over the years uh yeah all my greatest coaches that i played for i didn't play for some some some, some great coaches. i'm a, a matter of fact we can run off all my coaches max you, you're very familiar with it with everybody i want you to rank in order um uh, number one to number five out of coaches that i played for so we got coach stevens brad stevens frank vogel mike busenhauer hey 
Quinn Snyder. And then who who else can we throw in there? Um, I missed somebody. Who's and in I, Utah? Uh, uh, Quinn Snyder. And I play for you could throw. I play for Jay Wright with the USA. Okay. Um, from an outsider perspective, looking in, Quinn Snyder doesn't get the respect he deserves. I heard he's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Uh, so I would say Quinn Snyder comes to mind. As far as relationship with the players, was Vogel re- really good? Because I feel like he's really good at communicating from what I've, I wanted to say, Brad, you said Stevens. I wanted to say <laughs> look, Steve. Look, look, look but, man, he confused. He don't know. He don't know what to say. You, you, can rank, you can rank it one through five. One through five. Okay. I'm going to go. Uh, okay. I'm going to go Snyder at one. Okay, I'll go Snyder cool. at one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Vogel two, mm-hmm. Stevens three. And who did you say that Boonhoser was four? No, you said that. I didn't say that. I just gave you names. I'm going to go. Boonhe- I'm going to go. I'm going to go him Boonheiser with four. The only one with the NBA championship. Now Frank just yeah. got one. Frank just got one. Yeah, well, yeah. Frank has one too. And I'm yeah. not trying to throw any shade, but I feel like last year, certainly he was on the hot seat and things worked out in his favor to win that championship. Not saying he doesn't deserve credit for it, uh, but out of the coaches that you mentioned, I don't feel like Quinn Snyder doesn't give the respect that he's deserved. No, no, what about no, Rife? No, no. Y'all left Rife out. Jay Wright. Yeah, yeah. That's Jay Wright. Uh, but that would be my order. Yeah. Now, yeah, Jay Wright would probably be at the last. Because um, I've I seen him deal with professionals, but for two weeks, not for like a long period of time. It's difficult dealing with professionals. But Quinn don't get a lot of credit. But all those coaches, they all switch things up. You know, they get repetitive and boring doing the same thing over and over again. So I think it's real big to kind of switch it up. So it was the list pretty accurate? Oh, yeah. Put him on the spot, Max. Yeah, it was the list pretty accurate. List is pretty good. I just said it's a good list. We can, we can do it like that. <laughs> uh, well, my, my favorite two is Quinn and, and Coach Stevens. So it'd be one, that, two, Bob would be three. Two. Huh? That was my one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's, that's pretty good. I got, some, I got some stories with Coach Q on how to keep the team together and all that stuff. He's, he's pretty good. I hate since y'all are a little more versed in basketball than me, tell me some of the craziest or the worst things you've seen some coaches do in practice, during practice, or after practice. Like either one that you said, hey, I don't think this is constructive to building a team. What have you seen or heard? No, Max, I know you're in the locker room and you're talking to people. What have you seen? And you said, wait a minute, I, I don't think that's going to help this team win this year. <laughs> uh, this, I just feel a lot of players are out, are coaches from, like I said, my perspective, from a media's perspective, I think there's becoming a gap in certain coaches where they may have the resume, but times have changed and the days have changed. And there's a bigger gap of communication now because people handle things differently, player empowerment, social media um, trends. And there's certain coaches that have the resume that are banking and relying on their resume. Hey, this is why you need to listen to me, but things have changed since when they were successful. And I feel that is the biggest thing that I've questioned is certain coaches don't know how to adapt to the different generations. Now there's a mate, there's like Steve Kerr is one of the coaches I've seen um, firsthand. I think he's amazing at adapting to what's going on today and he doesn't mind evolving and changing, but there's certain coaches that are set in their ways where they're not going to adapt or change because their ways have made them successful. So they don't think there's any need to change it. That, that would be my biggest takeaway. That's good. Mag, what you think? what you see? Um, no, I see. I see a lot of the business aspect of it. Uh, certain times, you no know, being on certain teams, you know, in the year you about to lose, 
And you see certain lineups like, come on, man, we we definitely not about to win no game, <laughs> game with that. <laughs> so so I, uh, I said, did somebody happen. get in trouble? Did somebody get in trouble because they th- they talked about making a real rule if you intentionally sabotage? Who was it doing it trying to get Zion that year? What what the teams that were, they said yeah, yeah, they, they they be tanking? A lot of teams be tanking, and I've been on a few teams when you tanking and you just be like, bro, we ain't trying to win at all. And you gotta everybody be kind of faking it. Got the scouting report, all of this stuff. Like, man, what are we doing? We know we ain't about to try to win this game. I was about to say, Selvin, do they like, is it a message? Hey, like, did the coaching staff tell the locker room this is the goal, or do you just have to act like you're not doing it? But we all know. Nah, it's nah. The lineup. It's the lineup, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a lot of times they don't t- never tell you that. Like, cause you got to think everybody get out there is trying to play hard. It's millions of mm-hmm. dollars on the line. So you're not going to go out there and not play hard. But they, but, uh, but you'll be put in a position where it's just like, like, this ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, we might want to play. I might be start posting up on a block. I'm like, I'm the point guard. <laughs> this is not going to be successful at all. Like stuff like that would start happening. Right. Uh, right. He he. I can say some things he can't say. What I've seen in the last few years of watching games. So to be me, you, and Shelvin all all come as a, the top three point guards. They put me in at the start for the last three games of the season, knowing Shelvin and you were available. Things like that I've seen happen. Like hey. They're not really trying to win with Mel at the point. <laughs> right, right. No, for sure. It's a business at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So covering the Magic, um, now they got the top. They had the top pick this this past year. You know, we did a draft all together. Um, what are you seeing from now? They're in an interesting situation because Coach Mosley, it's a new coaching staff. They need to establish a culture and an identity. That's the first and foremost. Like Coach Tibbs did that with New York. Once you establish a culture and an identity, everything will fall into place. So I think they're that's the situation they're in now. They're a young team, so they don't know their identity just yet. And so these early games are trying to establish what it is. Their interesting situation is they have a loaded backcourt. So you have, obviously, covering the draft, Jalen Suggs. You have R.J. Hampton. You have Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz coming back from an injury. Uh, you have a lot of guards, Terrence Ross off the bench, and you know he's going he's gonna to score. So it's the rotations and establishing who's your guy early is the most important thing. And watching it, they're the third youngest team in the league. They get up and down, but situationally they may not be the best. So that's been the most interesting part. And I think Jalen Suggs is already establishing himself as that guy, but Cole Anthony just had a monster game the other night. He had 16 boards too, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but they're a young, explosive team, and if they play hard every night, we're hoping they get an opportunity to play in the playing tournament. But the East is just loaded this year. Yeah, yeah, the playing game, whatever. But like Orlando would be a perfect example. I better tell by part like game twenty-five to forty, and what they do with Terrence Ross, either he playing or not, and that's how you. That, and that's what I mean, like situations like that. You know, he's, he's right. part of the best score on the team, and he's not playing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he's bucket. Every time he goes in, he's a bucket. It's insane. Yeah, yeah I play with him. He, that's, that's what he does. So now I'm looking forward to seeing Suggs play. Um, they got a chance to get rookie of the year. Yeah, I think he does. I think Jalen Green is my prediction. I think Kate Cunningham's the best overall prospect. Jalen Green will win the award, but Jalen Suggs certainly, Scotty Barnes in Toronto is balling out, but I believe Jalen Suggs has an opportunity because of his position right now in Orlando, like we just said, third youngest team. They don't really have an identity. Jonathan Isaac is out right now because of injury. He has nothing but space and opportunity to do his thing. So he definitely has an opportunity to, but Jalen Green is my pick. I got a question for you all. Uh, I consider you all, like I said, basketball guys. Uh, say the salary was the same to coach. And I don't know, Shell, I guess you can answer this question. Say everybody got a million dollars to coach. Would you choose to coach high school 
college or NBA, if the salary was the same, what would y'all do and why? I would choose high school. Why, man? Uh, you know, you got their parents to take care of the grades. Mm-hmm. It's a short season. It's not, it's not really too much business involved. You're just trying to win as many games as possible and get kids to the next level. What'd you do, Max? I was going to say college because college, they're trying to make it to the next level and you're dealing with better talent. So you know how serious they are about, I don't have to worry about you showing up for practice as much. I don't have to, I've, I've seen some angry parents in the stands when it comes to high school um, I don't think Chad was considering all this. The <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and nah. just the fundraisers, and hey, I brought more snacks. Why is my kid not getting more playing time? No, college, mm. you're coming to my program, so you're not going to just tell me when you're playing more minutes. You're not going to bribe me with that. So I would go college for me, and I feel I would be able to leave my mark a little bit more. Like when you think Coach K, it's like Duke, like he is the program. He left his mark on it. NBA constantly. Coach of the years have been fired in the NBA. College, yeah. you have more opportunity to establish yourself. What what about you, Mel? Mm, you know, I'm always business, so I would definitely coach the NBA because I would leverage the relationships and the marketing and the brand attachment. I have like eight other businesses on the side just because I was coaching. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I would leverage. Yeah, I would leverage you, that. You can get fired ten games in real quick. Oh, yeah, I've been had three business <laughs> setups, so I would definitely do NBA. Yeah, but with the, but with the college, y'all talking about me dealing with the parents. You got to do the same thing. You got your college team parents, and then you got to deal with the high school parents when you recruit. I heard college I, coaches I, I, don't I, deal with it that much. I don't want to deal with the recruiting and all that stuff. That's a that's oh, a yeah. big thing to me. I'm not trying to go to uh, Baloney County in Kentucky on Tuesday <laughs> afternoon to watch a game. <laughs> I, I'm not doing that. That's a good point. Yeah, recruiting's half the battle in college. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody, if everybody, if somebody get in trouble, it falls back on you. In high school, somebody get in trouble, falls back on their parents. Yeah, mm. that's true. That is true. It is less risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, you, uh, are you trying to tell us you're taking your talents to coaching? It seems like this. Now we got some other things on talent wise. So, um, <laughs> you in the media space, any uh tips? You no, know, you can give me a mail with the TPNB on on you know how to get going and establishing you no know, building and building a brand up. Uh, consistency. I, I think you guys already have a great. First, you guys are already great people and, and obviously an amazing mindset. Both of you guys are already incredibly successful. And so whenever you're starting something new, um, it's just channeling that success to in a different direction. And so how are you going to grow this from the ground up? And I feel consistency is always the number one thing that I've learned. And I'm not scared to take no for an answer or uh, to fail. And because without risk, there's no reward. So I just always encourage you to take risks and stay consistent because it, you're trying to build something that's... Um, sustainable for a long period of time it's not going to happen overnight so you just consistently be who you are on a day in a day out there's no way you guys won't be successful especially with you guys have great chemistry you already have incredible success a good platform you consistently just show people that you just can't be denied appreciate that yeah, speaking please. of that we on a draft show and shell i don't know if you even did it y'all might have done it on the other show did y'all tell how we met how everybody connected how we all met um no, we did not speak about it on, on the MVP podcast. So when y'all talk about that real quick, how we met, how we connected the first time. Let You're talking about yeah, draft show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, yeah, doing it on SUV TV. When I had the opportunity to know I was doing it with you guys, I was so excited because I'm Shelv, I've watched you play for a while. And so just being able to connect with you and um, one thing that took me 
by surprise. Not that I have really had any, I've learned to never make assumptions or have expectations for people you've never met. Um, that's just not fair, but you guys are incredibly humble and just really good people. Like both of you guys just immediately were teaching me stuff or wanting to connect and do shows together. Now I'm on your platform. You've been on my platform. So we just met doing the NBA draft and it just seemed like I've known you guys longer than it didn't feel like I was just meeting you for the first time. It felt like I've already had a relationship with you guys. Yeah, that's definitely having <clears throat> having met. Uh, I'm asking you to go back for another episode. We're gonna have together and and check all your picks and your, and your thoughts and see if it came through <laughs> or whatever. Make, make sure you're good instead of just yeah. out here talking. Just like he's gonna be this and that. We got we got fact check you. <laughs> this, hey, this is what I want to talk about now. I think we touched on it. That's why I brought up the show, the draft show. These are these other professional outlets for these high school and college kids. OTE, Overtime Elite, is a big one, and I think they're making more of a splash. So there was a lot of haters out there talking about they wasn't going to make it. They didn't have a gym. They wasn't going to get anybody to play them. Now they got to set schedule. They're actually making their debut this Friday in Atlanta. Have you kept up with OTE much, uh, Max? And what do you think about the, the avenue for the high school slash college kids to make some money um, early? I haven't been able to keep up with it as much as I would like, but I remember even just talking with you about it on the show. I think especially hearing your perspective and just the way you analyze and take things from a business approach. And now that they, they could sell their name based off their likeness and brand, like that's just incredible. And it's not, everyone has the same path and that's in any career. So one thing that may work for me may not work for you or vice versa. So the fact that they, these um, young athletes have so many different opportunities to market themselves and brand themselves, it may work for, Jalen Green to go to the G League. It may not have worked for Kate Cunningham or vice versa. So the fact that they have so many different options to market themselves and get the revenue that they deserve and ultimately reach where they want to go, I'm a huge supporter of it. And the G League is just getting more and more popular. And like you said, um, just different new opportunities. But I do need to keep up to it more. How's it been so far? Asher, uh, have you studied it much? You looked uh, into it? The OT no, I haven't looked at it. Um, no, I'm looking forward to going to the – like Mel said, I got a game this weekend. They had a pro day last week. Um, no, as you see what the, what it looks like. You now, hopefully they can make money. I want everybody to make money. Uh, but I think it's going to be very tough for people, especially in Atlanta, to, to go to those games all the time. You know, they got, they're kicking off great with Mikey. But other than that, I think it's going to be tough. You now you got the break, like you got the Braves playing this weekend. You got the Hawks, the Falcons. I think it's going to be tough for people to just keep showing. But with the streaming revenue and all that might be the answer. Yeah, I'm anxious to see. Like I'm like Shelvin. We hadn't studied it a lot, but we are sitting back watching – I anticipate it's going to be a growth league. I just see, I've been telling, I tell a lot of AAU guys, I just think the AAU of the past, the summer league ball is gone. I just don't see how are you going to get high school, college athletes that are at the top level to come back and play for free next summer for a pair of shoes. I just don't see that being. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I never thought about that point either. Like the people overtime that they, uh, some of them sophomores and juniors, like they never had to play AAU at all. No, I mean, so the top <laughs> talent, and I, I don't know much about the Sheldon Sharp kid. I'm sure y'all might know his name. So, like, the guy now who's number one in playing the class, never even heard of. And it's not because he wasn't good. He could have been good. But it's because 15 of the other top players either went overtime, classed up to college, or went somewhere else. Huh. Yeah. So right. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see the – not the fallout, but the adjustment. Because I just don't think the top-level players are going to be playing AU, especially not for free. No, I definitely agree on that. With, with with all of that, with them making money and stuff, Max, when when what age or when do you start trying to look for that next level talent um, kid? For me, 
like when I do, I get heavy into like looking at prospects, obviously when the draft starts coming up and you start diving into it, I feel like you, it doesn't take much to notice that somebody has it. And you can notice that in middle school, you can notice that a lot of these scouts, a lot of these recruiters, they look at kids eighth grade. Oh yeah. This guy's going to be a problem. He's about to go into seventh grade. He's already doing this. Uh, it, It doesn't take much to see that somebody's different. Like I could take my girlfriend to the game or my mom could be at a game or my dad that don't really watch sports. And you could tell immediately that person is a little bit different that he's popping, he's standing out. Yeah. Uh, so the young middle school, I feel like is when you could really start to see talent develop and then how they pursue and channel that in high school is where they separate themselves. But, but, uh, but more from like a media space, when do you start like picking up your notes? Did you know about Jalen Suggs like three years ago or this past Jaylen, year? I, I did Jalen, um, but there's certain times it's different for different prospects. For example, Imani Bates, I've known about him since he was in eighth grade. And now he's one of the most highly covered um, athletes since LeBron when it comes to basketball because of how much hype he's building in high school. There's other prospects I won't find out and pick up the pen until sophomore, junior year. Like Dwayne Bacon, I had the opportunity to play against him at a showcase when I was back when I was playing basketball. And I knew, oh, 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 you got to tell us about his, man, he got to tell us about his game now. Oh, huh? we ain't know about that. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> you didn't tell us none of that. No, man, well, I tell people, I, I played like a Grayson Allen without the hops. Like, I, I'll rim graze, but I'm not slamming on anybody. But I was aggressive. <laughs> and so I uh, I played against Dwayne Bacon at a Reebok showcase. And it was our, my team versus his team in the finals. I'm not saying I was like the best on my team necessarily, but we played against his team and it, that was, I noticed I'm like, yep, that's an NBA player. Like that's just different. He, he hit a game winner on like three of us in overtime and he just told the coach what he was about to do before he did it. And that's, I was like, yeah, there, there's just, there's levels to it, but yeah, there's, there's, there's him, Corey Sanders. Um, my school played against uh, Austin rivers from the Orlando area as well. Yeah. So like you, you could tell immediately an NBA player, but from uh, to answer your question though, as a media perspective, it's different depending on who it is. But I, around that freshman year, sophomore year, I have my eye on you. And then from there, I just see how you develop. Got you, got you. All right. You got, you got so I, yeah, right. I want to I hear more about this basketball career, Max. So tell me <laughs> this. So, Max, are you a four-year high school player? Yeah. So immediate, right. originally, I did boxing and MMA at the age of four. And I wanted to be okay. a UFC fighter. I was undefeated. I was beating everyone in boxing and Muay Thai and wrestling. <laughs> And then I was like, man, I picked up basketball in middle school. And I'm like, I'm not getting punched anymore. This is a lot more fun. Practice is fun. So I was like, I'm going to play basketball. So then I just uh, fell in love with basketball. So then I ended up um, transferring schools with my brother. Um, junior and senior, senior year broke the school record for wins. We were one game away from the uh, final four. And I had a couple low offers, um, some low colleges. But I knew my pursuit of the NBA wasn't <laughs> – that wasn't going to happen. And uh, on the court, on the court. Yeah. You made yeah, it to the, the NBA. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm all for like making real good value of my time because you can't get back time. So could I play one or two years locally or like at a small college? Sure. But that's not going to help me towards where I'm trying to be the best broadcaster to ever do it. So if I want to do that, I need to start it early and I don't come from a lot of money or anything. Um, so I, I just have a small college here in Daytona and I'm like, let me pursue broadcasting when that's my whole thing. Why wait? So I started my podcast that blew up, got on the radio, started covering the NBA teams. And I went that route, but it was very hard for me because every day I have to do something physical. That's why I channeled my, instead of basketball every day, I work out every day. Like I'm heavy in fitness, but every once in a while I still play, but I do miss it for sure. 
Tell me, tell me your best game. I, I know, know what my best game is. So yeah, all us low-level players remember our best game. So what, what was your best high school or AAU game? What was it? Tell I have me what two, you did. two right, that stick it. out to me. I dropped 30 in an AAU game. It was like the uh, one of the biggest tournaments that I've been in, and I dropped 30. I could not miss. I was just – I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though. So I'm a very respectful person, on but I'm super-duper competitive. I hate oh. – losing like I, I don't know what it is but i've always had that so i'm i always talk junk i always talk even when i'm losing <laughs> i'm junk so I'm selling out that game dropped 30 and then my favorite game though i transferred schools so i transferred for my sophomore junior i transferred schools a lot of family stuff educational stuff and then i knew the coach at atlantic so when i played there the, the spruce creek my old school hated me and they didn't like <laughs> transfer it so my bro and i transferred there my senior year the gym was just packed it was full my old coach didn't like me I wanted to win a state championship and I wanted to beat my old school. That was like the two things I wanted. And I got to play my old school my senior year and we beat them and we beat them in a very, uh, it was a close game, but I went off and I was scoring on my friends, my old coach. (laughs) Was he talking junk? Talking junk the whole time to the fans, my friends in the stands. Yeah. I I let people hear it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I ain't going to ask you because Mac, I know you got too many highlight games that you've done over the years. But Mac, tell me as far as like a, a game that you saw somebody else, like a game that you saw that stood out like, hey, like you asked him about the young players. Have you yeah. seen a young player in another state that you said, uh, or just any young, a good game? What games you apply? You like college or basketball more when you watch them? You talking to me or Max? Yeah, you, you. Mm-hmm. About, what's the question? Like when you when you see games like that, do uh, you remember any performances stood out that you witnessed and said this uh, is special? Yeah, so you, I know you talk about OJ Mayo all the time. So other than OJ Mayo, uh, Brandon Brandon Jennings in high school was he different? He was completely different. <laughs> we actually uh, we played him a few times. Um, we was in we was in Orlando at Disney World, that's where AAU used to be at. I don't know if it's still there or not in championship. And he played for P Miller Ballers, Master P. Uh, now walked on the court. He, the, what what he was doing was this outrageous. <laughs> but he's the first person who who quit playing high school basketball and, and went overseas. A lot of people don't talk about that a lot. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So he wanted to get his money early on. I think people should kind of study what he did. He actually had a shoe deal on the armor and all that. But when I saw him play, it was it was handles all that. I was like, all right, I got to step my game up. It, I, I don't got that right now. So the y'all the same age? Yeah, we're the same age, same class. He also had the Mar the Rosen on the team. Their team was stacked. But seeing him being a point guard, it's like, all right, I got, I got, got, got lose, lose a little weight, tighten the handles up, and put some more work in. Especially, you know, you don't have Twitter, Instagram, so you can never see how much somebody's working in California back then. Mm-hmm. As you just see him, or um, you just see him, you might see some some videos every once in a while. His rookie debut, didn't he have like forty or fifty in his first game in the NBA? Yeah, like, yeah, I think 50. he had a fifty-five game. A 55. I think it's fifty. Yeah, yeah. He but enough power. Yeah. They did, but I think he was kind of vilified. I don't think he was appreciated for what he did. I kind of remember him not being like they talked about how hard it was, talked about the depression he went through, talked about being away from his family. They didn't talk about a lot of good. But I actually remember, I think they did a show or somebody followed him. Do you remember that, Matt? Do you remember him following him over there? Um, I think his mama went with him. I remember yeah, somebody yeah. went with him. And it's definitely tough, you know, coming from Southern California. He's uh, coming from Compton, LA, and you end up in. Germany at 18 it's, it's gonna be completely different so I can understand all that but he got his money I tell you that and that's the most <laughs> important thing I think I think a lot of people was kind of upset at, like you said a lot of people was upset about that and he kind of he changed it um, a lot of people don't talk about LaMelo doing the same thing um, you no know, 
if you think about it, the top picks over the past few years all, all kind of went that route. He really was ahead of his time, though, because he cl- clearly could have played college basketball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did it 12 years ago, like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, I never yeah. thought about it. He was one of the – he was like the first to really do that. Yeah. yeah. Was it Germany or Australia? Where did he end up going? I think – I don't know. I, I have no idea where he went. I just okay. made up a country. Okay. I know okay. uh, I, uh, LaMelo went to two different places. He went to Australia, and he mm-hmm. also went to Lithuania first. He went Lithuania. to Lithuania first. Yeah. And speaking of the young players, Max, since you get an opportunity, are you in favor of letting high school players in the NBA, or do you like the G League route, or do you like the other routes? What would you vote if you were – on the board of governance for the NBA. Do you think we need to let them land or do you think we need to do more development for the young guys before they get there? Oh, if they're good enough, they should be allowed to play in the NBA right away. And not everyone can do it. So obviously you have to be the best of the best to do it. You're allowed to, out of high school, you're allowed to do anything you want. You know, like I could join the military. I could become a doctor. I go to school for it. I could literally do anything I want, but why can't I go to the league if I'm ready to play now? Like Amani mm-hmm. Bates, he would have went, I'm using him a lot as this example because he is NBA ready. Um, you have Holmgren that's now playing for Gonzaga. If you see a player, if he would have went in this year's draft, he would have been a lottery pick. He would have been a top three pick. So why does he have to play another year after high school? Because someone tells him he has to, if he's ready to make millions right now and take care of his family. So I feel if a player is truly ready to play in the NBA, why would we ever hold him back? What do you think is causing that rule? Money. Uh, certain yeah. programs, certain pl- like colleges, different things can benefit off him playing for their program. I put Mac on the spotlight. Mac, can you answer that question? Or we defer that question. <laughs> nah, money. It, it, it's I agree the same thing. Money's stopping all of that. But but is it the college people's money or is it the NBA guys' money? NBA. Uh, well, stopping. I think it's college. See, I've I, been told. I, I, I think they work together. I've been told the opposite. That they know. That the, the if they let these young guys in and start getting that bigger piece of the pie like they used to, the older guys pie is going to shrink, and the middle mid level exceptions will go away, and some of that money has to be a give and take. Either way, the middle guy's going away, um, but you're still on a rookie scale, so you can't just get the money like that. You still yeah, have to you start to follow these slots, whether these slots, whether they keep it the same way, new way, whatever, still the, the slots. But the difference is instead of being 21, 22. Once you get it, you'll have a 20-year-old on his second contract. And then he'll be 24 on his third. And then he's 28 on his fourth. And then he's 32 on his fifth. That's going to eat up the money. So right it's still, now. It's still all the same money, though. That's what, Anthony, not, that's, that's what Anthony Davis is doing. Anthony Davis, when he get done, he'll have, like, he'll be able to sign another max contract. But it's not, it's not the same because you st- your entry level's part is younger. Like, you'll start your it's starting one, level. It, it's one year. That's not a big, that's not a big difference. You know, it's a big difference to somebody. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference. It's a reason why they're not doing it. It's a big difference to somebody. Yeah, it ain't. It ain't that's what I'm saying. It ain't because they're gonna get more money over the course of the long run. That's not the case. It's because mm-hmm. the NCA need to make money and they work together. Okay. If you got all the top players and and um, in NBA, who's watching March Madness? Mm-hmm. I was told the exact opposite. I, yeah. I was told the NCAA does not. They said. You can look now, like all the players who went to the G League, they said the March Madness numbers were even bigger. They said that it's a machine. Because of pandemic. (laughs) That's why it wasn't wasn't nothing else to do. (laughs) So you think eventually if the trend keeps happening, you and Max, you think if the trend keeps happening for the top levels, 
to go overseas or overtime, you think the NCAA revenue is eventually going to suffer? Yes, uh, absolutely. But there is a pro to playing for a Duke. Like we know Jalen Suggs was a household name, obviously played for Villa, like not Duke, but he's a household name because of the platform he was able to play on like March madness, even though Jalen green's better, like even though Kate Cunningham's better, Kate did play in the tournament, but I'll use Jalen green for an example. More people know about Jalen Suggs before the NBA, like the draft because of that platform. So there is a benefit. You'll still see players going and choosing college, but certainly with this route and the success that we're seeing players choose a different route, it's a copycat world. And I think you'll see more of it, especially if you're getting a lot of revenue and income coming in. That's why NCAA has been around forever. All the high school players are getting paid. Uh, we got to get an NIL deal now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that's what they came in. If, if, if high school players and people never did this, the, uh, no, the NIL, NIL deal will never come up. So instead of you going to the G League, you can come to my school and I give you 300000 I can't give you four hundred. I give you three hundred. You got the platform. I can keep you here. Hey, I know we got to wrap up soon. I got another question for both of you guys. If we or, or when do you think college athletes will start getting paid. How many years from now, or you think they won't get paid? And when I'm talking about getting paid, I'm talking about getting paid to do their job, which is play ball, which they're doing a job, but you know, they're not getting paid. Well, how many years from now, or if at all? Me personally, I don't think it'll ever happen because of Title IX issues and all the other stuff. Like that, that? That's, so. the, that's, that's a problem. Um, not knocking everybody's sport, but you're not getting 10,000 people to go watch a lacrosse game unless you're one of the best in the country. So then they're going to complain that they should be getting paid too. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I, I agree with Shelvin. I, I, I don't really see that ever happening. There, there may be ways around it, like obviously in different options pop up, which we're seeing more and more of. But as far as like to your question, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I bet any amount of money is going to happen. I give it within 10 and maybe within seven, they're going to have to start doing a revenue. Well, let me say it what way that they'll accept it. Revenue sharing. When do you think revenue sharing will happen with the NCAA? Because they're not going to – you can't go to any courtroom and say, oh, we're going to take 100% of the revenue and all the workers get 0% like they've been doing. I was mm-hmm. at a, a college visit the other day, and they, they stood up and say, hey, great news. You can now get paid off your name, image, and likeness. You know how crazy that sounds for them to think that's great news? I can get paid off my name, image, and likeness like – Five years ago, it was against the rule. Well, five months ago, it was against the rules. That's how ludicrous it's going to be in a few years for them to think that they can keep 100% of all the revenue. They're all right, not going to be able to keep it. All right. Last question for you. Then we're going to wrap it up for, for you real quick, Mel. Speaking of that, so what do you say when they we give you $45,000 a year to pay for your school? What do you say to that? That's your, that's your, that's your salary, the $45,000 for your scholarship. Explain, explain it to me differently. I missed it. I'm paying for your scholarship for school. So over the course of four years, it's $200,000. That's what you're getting paid. Okay. So, so what would you respond to that when, they, when you're saying you're not getting paid? Like you're going to school, I'm paying for your school and all this stuff. Oh, it's not commensurate to the revenue that I produce for you. It's like it's capitalism. You give me 45000 but you make 45000 off the packs of ketchup that you put in the bag for the free french, for the french fries. So that's economics. So, yeah, that's what I tell them. I can count. I said, nah, man. Yeah, and that's, what, and, that's what, and that's what people are doing. They leave it. Some people still, some people don't look at it that way. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Everybody got smart. It's like, this, is, this ain't, this don't make no sense. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to tell Nick Saban, okay, you want me to make $45,000 scholarship, but you're going to make $45 million over the next eight years? 
But your your knees still look good. My knees are broke. Nah, that 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 that's not that's not capitalism. And that's what college is. It's business. And now yeah. they, and you got to realize, I'm telling you what's really going to happen that I don't think people understand. Now you're going to have business owners because that's what college players are now. When you're a 1099 employee and you generate revenue, you're now a business owner. Your business is what you do, playing ball. You're going to be able to sue whatever university, whatever NCAA. You're going to have 5,000 athletes with power and money and resources now. They can say, wait a minute. Why are we not unionized? Why do we not have a collective bargaining agreement? Why don't we have our list? They're not going to be able to tell these business owners because now college players are business owners. They, they own their name, image, and likeness, and they can generate money. So they'll be able to hire lawyers and agents because the agents that represent these guys are not going to keep watching this money disappear. You can't justify it. They couldn't justify it before. Nobody followed it. And LeBron's going to go down in history because when he did that with Gavin Newsom on live on the air in California and made him sign the name, image, and likeness, you got to realize some redneck states were fighting it. I mean, they really were planning on fighting. And then they realized this is a no-win battle. And the NCAA stepped in. But before that, there were states that were going to fight it. Yeah. So I think now with these resources, it's going to change eventually. Yeah. No, I definitely believe that. Um, uh, not I want to appreciate our guy, Max, coming on the show with us today. I know you got a busy day going down, watching the magic day. Um, you know, got anything you want to say? Let everybody know where they could catch you at. Um, on Apple, Spotify, Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you guys, both Mel and Shelvin, for having me. You guys, like I said, doing phenomenal work. I know the sky's the limit for y'all. So anytime you want to come on my show, you know you're more than welcome to. So I appreciate you having me. My name is my brand. So Max Van Auken, Instagram, Twitter, my podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, all of it above. Um, you type in my name, all of it will pop up. And I'm finally starting to do some TikToks. The reason why I say that because <laughs> I won't catch you dancing, man. I want the reason dancing, why I say man. this I like TikTok, but nobody is doing TikToks on covering these games. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to offer a different perspective of like a media's perspective of covering these games. And so being the young broadcaster, I might as well appeal to the young audience. I'm just doing that. So tonight covering the Hornets game, hopefully I have some good content for you guys. So I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's nice. awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Appreciate you, y'all guys, for tuning in again. It's another episode of TPMB. Holla. Holla. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.